Greetings, family, and welcome to another service at Graceway Church. Thank you for joining our online service. Thank you for being with us today. The title of our message this morning is Better Now Than Tomorrow. Better Now Than Tomorrow. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 27, verse 1, the Bible says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Do not boast about tomorrow. The title of my message is Better Now Than Tomorrow. This is a follow-on message from what I preached last week, where I preached about don't let discouragement stop you, prevent you from doing what God has stirred in your heart. And today's message is a follow-on from that. And just to recap, because as I say, it is a follow-on. Just to recap, as I said, that today is a follow-on message to last week. Last week, we were reflecting on the people of Judah, on the Israelites returning after God had stirred the heart of the king of Persia and allowed the Jews to return from Babylon, from exile, from captivity, back into Jerusalem to actually build the temple of the Lord. And they have returned, not long after they've returned, they start building the temple and they get to the foundation stage, they celebrate, and from foundation stage, they are discouraged by those around them, they are discouraged by the enemy, and the work of the Lord stops. The work of the Lord stopped for close to 16 years and today we are picking up on the same story but more from uh, the book of Haggai because in this period God then sends two prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, to come and encourage the people of Judah to continue with the construction of the temple of the Lord. Let us turn our Bibles to the book of Haggai, Haggai chapter 1, verse 1 to 2. The Bible reads, in the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Sheltel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest. This is what the Almighty says. These people, referring to the Jews, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. The time has not yet come. The people, the Jews, God has heard them saying all these years, the time has not come for them to rebuild a temple of the house. So for 16 years, through discouragement, they've convinced themselves, they are speaking and saying the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. So they continue building their lavish houses, but don't do anything with regards to the temple of the Lord. For 16 years, it stood still. For 16 years, nothing was happening. And they've convinced themselves that the time has not come. These are people that God had stirred their hearts to leave 
Babylon and return to Jerusalem to start building the temple of the Lord, to start rebuilding this temple that had been destroyed. And here they are, years later, God comes back and says, these people are saying to themselves, the time has not yet come. God had stirred their hearts, but they get to a stage where they are discouraged and they are convinced that the time has not yet come for them to construct the house of the Lord. Now, I may be speaking to you, child of God, listening to this message. You started this year well encouraged. God had stirred something in your heart, maybe not this year, prior. God had stirred something in your heart, but through discouragement, through challenges, you come to a conclusion that the time has not yet come. So I'm saying to you today, there is no better time than now. Better today than tomorrow. Better now than tomorrow. These people, as they were walking every day past the foundations of this temple, they were saying to themselves, the time has not yet come. They were saying, maybe tomorrow it will be a better day. Maybe next week, before they knew it, over 10 years have gone by and the foundation has remained where it has, where it was left. The foundation has remained where it is. This could be you, child of God, listening to this message. God has spoken to you. God has stirred your heart. God has laid desires in your heart. God has laid dreams in your heart. Maybe you know that there are steps that you are supposed to be taking, but you are saying to yourself, Better tomorrow than today. Today, the time has not yet come for me to take that step. The time has not yet come for me to work on my dream. The time has not yet come to work on my passion, to work on the thing that I'm passionate about, to work on my desire. And you are pulling back. Maybe you are sitting here listening to the message and saying, the time has not yet come to rebuild my marriage. The time has not yet come to ask for forgiveness. The time has not yet come for me to forgive someone. The time has not come for me to enroll to further my studies. The time has not come. I'm saying to you, child of God, better now, better today than tomorrow for you do not know what tomorrow holds. Don't boast about tomorrow. Use today. Don't procrastinate. Don't move things that you can do today to tomorrow. This message is to you to encourage you as a child of God that be careful this is one of the things that the devil uses. I said last week the devil uses discouragement. He takes away hope. Today I'm saying to you, another weapon that the devil uses is procrastination. He causes us to think that tomorrow, someday we will do this another day, and that day never comes. I'm saying to you, child of God, today is the day where you need to commit that from now onwards, I will not push things to tomorrow, I will do them today. Better now than tomorrow. Maybe you started the year with resolutions that this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do. Three months later, you face challenges and you've concluded this is not the year, this is not the time to be doing it. The time has not yet come. Why was I ahead of myself? Child of God, I'm saying there is no better time than now. There is no better time. Instead of pushing, mending your relationship, instead of pushing, mending your relationship with God, instead of pushing, mending your relationship with your children, 
Do it now. The time is now. Don't boast about tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow holds. Tomorrow belongs to God. Use what you have now. What God has presented to you. This is the day that the Lord has made. And you shall rejoice and be glad in it. Don't push things to tomorrow. I'm saying to you child of God. Now is the day. Now is the moment. Now is the time. Don't be like the Israelites. Who for 16 years kept saying. The time has not yet come. And God eventually sends a prophet to them to say these people are saying the time has not yet come. Who tells them the time has not come? I instructed them to build my house. Then they decided that the time was not right. God has laid something in you, child of God. God has laid something in your heart, child of God. And I'm saying to you, don't let the devil cause you to procrastinate over what God has laid in your heart. Glory to Jesus. Glory to the King. I am reminded of a story in the book of Exodus. God instructs Moses and tells Moses to go and speak to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh to release the Israelites so that they may go and worship God. And yet God knows that Pharaoh will not release them easily. So God sends plagues and he says to Moses, tell Pharaoh that if he does not release my people, this is what is going to happen. And 10 times Pharaoh refuses to release the people. And 10 times God does what he says. On the second plague, God says to Moses, Moses, go and tell Pharaoh to release my people. If he does not release my people, I'm going to set frogs on their land. I'm going to set frogs in the river Nile. I'm going to set frogs in their houses, in their bedrooms, in their ovens, in their bowls. There'll be so many frogs everywhere if he doesn't release them. And God does exactly what he said because God is a God of his word. Then Pharaoh calls Moses and says to Moses, Moses, please speak to God and tell him to remove these frogs and Moses in Exodus chapter 8 verse 9 Pharaoh please set the time set the time when you want me to pray to God for God to take away these frogs from you in verse 10 Pharaoh says do it tomorrow do it tomorrow and Moses replied and said it will be as you have said then you will know that there is no one like the Lord our God so here is an opportunity for Pharaoh is asked Moses to pray before God and Moses says to Pharaoh Pharaoh when do you want me to pray when do you want this thing to happen and Pharaoh says don't do it today do it tomorrow I'm saying to you child of God don't push forward what you can do today do what you need to do today. Don't push it to do tomorrow. Pharaoh had an opportunity not to sleep with the frogs another night, not to spend another day with the frogs, but he chose to stay another day. He says, do it tomorrow. I'm saying to you, child of God, there are blessings that God has for you, but stop saying not today, but tomorrow. Glory to you, Jesus. Father had an opportunity. Father could have said, do it now, Moses. But he said, not today. Do it tomorrow. Child of God, be careful of pushing things 
over into the next year, into tomorrow, things that God could have done for you, things that God can do for you today. Because we are serving a God of today. We are serving a God of now. We are serving a God of tomorrow also, but we are serving a God of now. A God of even now. Even now, child of God. I'm saying to you, there are things that God has laid in your heart. There are things that God wants you to do. Child of God, stop deferring them to tomorrow. Stop sleeping with the frog another day. There are relationships that you need to be getting out of. There are situations that you need to be getting out of. But you keep saying another day, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. I'm saying to child of God, better today than tomorrow. Benjamin Franklin is quoted as saying, never put off till tomorrow what you can do today. Child of God, don't kick the can to tomorrow on something that you can do or should be doing today. There are things that you know you should not be doing. Some people are in sin, certain sin. They know, they know that they should not be doing what they are doing, but they are saying, just another day, just another day, and another day becomes another week, another week becomes another year. I'm saying to you, child of God, as you are reflecting now, what are the things that you kept saying to yourself? Tomorrow I will do, next week I will do, next month I will do, next year I will do, and five, three years later, you still have not done those things. I'm saying to you, child of God, better now, better today than tomorrow. Don't boast, Proverbs 27 verse 1, don't boast about tomorrow. Don't have your hopes on your tomorrow. Tomorrow is in God's hands. Glory to Jesus. I just want to spend time here on this matter and just share with you three things that I believe why people say better tomorrow than today. Why people procrastinate? Why people push things that they should be doing today to tomorrow and before they know it, it is years later and nothing has happened. I want to share three things with you because I believe if you understand these things, I just chose three things, if you understand these things, you will begin to see them coming and begin to respond appropriately when you see them coming. Just three of them. Why do people procrastinate? Why do people push things till tomorrow. Number one, they are waiting for the perfect moment. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 4 says, he who observes the wind will not sow. He who looks out to make sure that there is no wind or the climate is perfect or the weather today is perfect will not sow because there is never a perfect moment. Something in there will be imperfect. He who waits, who looks for the wind, who looks at the wind, will never sow. And he goes on to say, he who regards the clouds will not reap. All oh, the clouds are forming. It's going to rain. I should not go out and the harvest. You are not going to reap. If you are waiting for the clouds to form, you are not going to sow seed. I'm saying to you, child of God, there is no 
perfect moment. Just like there is no perfect person except Jesus Christ. And he bounces that on God and says, the only perfect person is God. Only God is the one that perfects things. Glory to Jesus. Many people are saying, I will commit to God when I'm married, when I'm settled down. Now it's just time for me to actually have fun. I will get married when I've had enough of life. Or someone is saying, I will feather my studies when my children are in high school because then it will be better. Child of God, I'm 56 years old. There is never a perfect time like now. There is never a perfect time than now because when those children are at high school, there are certain things that happen there that will require you. When you are married, there are certain things that will need you. So start now. There is no better time than today. Many people are postponing doing things because they are waiting for a perfect moment. Oh, I'll start tithing. I'll start giving to the Lord when my salary is above that. Start with the little that you have. There is no perfect time. Now is the moment. Better now than tomorrow. Glory to Jesus. Let me just share something with you, child of God. Graceway Church would not have been established if I had waited for the perfect moment. Graceway Church would not have been established if I had waited for the right moment. I would not be married close to 30 years now had I waited for the right moment. When I got married, I had nothing. I think I was about 24 years old. I owed nothing. I had nothing. I did not wait for the perfect moment. And I thank God that God had a plan much bigger than what I had at the time. I am blessed by having acted at the right time, at that moment, and not waiting for a perfect moment. Oh, once I've accumulated things, once I've bought a house, once I'm a manager, only then will I get married. I thank God that he's blessed me with a lovely family. He's blessed me with a wife that God knew that at some point in time, you guys are going to go into ministry. Pastor, you will need support like your wife. You need support in your wife. Someone who will rally behind you. Someone who will support you. Someone who will lift you up when your chips are down. Someone who will be there for you. Had I not decided when I had nothing, when the time was not perfect, I would not be where I am now. Child of God, I'm saying to you, many young men out there are waiting for the perfect moment. Son, there is no perfect moment. Make the stride now. Do what you need to do now because no moment is perfect. Let me just say to you, in the book of Kings, God says to Elijah, Elijah, I want you to go and connect with your successor. His name is Elisha. And Elisha listens to the Lord. He goes long journey. He eventually finds Elisha. Elisha is plowing and he comes past him and puts his cloak on him. And Elisha says, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye. And immediately he turns around and starts dismantling the plow and starts making fire out of the plow. He slaughters the animals that he was using to plow and calls the 
people from town to come and have a barbecue, to come and have a briar. He did not wait for the right moment. He did not wait for the perfect moment. Instead, he said, I will do it now. He could have said, Elijah, I hear you, but please, I'm just plowing here. Can you just give me six months for me to harvest my work here? No. He turned around and started a fire. He turned around and did what he needed to do. Then he went. He followed Elijah. He followed Elijah without thinking, without waiting for a perfect moment. The only thing he asked for was, may I please go and give respect to my parents? Just tell them bye. But I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm not coming back here. Child of God, I'm saying to you, there's someone that's listening to this message that needs to burn their plow, that needs to burn the plow. It's time you stop relying on the plow. It's time you start relying on God. Elisha realized that where I'm going, I'm not going to rely on this plow. I'm not going to rely on these cows. I'm not going to rely on these animals. I will burn them because there is no coming back. It's time you make decisions and act in such a way that there is no coming back. Glory to Jesus. Simon Peter, having caught so much fish, he says to Jesus, Jesus, get away from me. I'm a sinner. And Jesus says, Simon Peter, follow me. I will make you fisher of people, not just fish. Peter did not hesitate. He did not wait for the perfect moment. He did not say, Jesus, thanks. I hear you. But you know, I've been fishing the whole night. I've got nothing you've provided for me now. Let me just go and sell these and make a bit of money. Spend this money. And once I've spent it, I will then come and join you. He did not postpone it to the following day. He did not postpone it to later. Child of God, I'm saying to you, great men and great women in the Bible did not procrastinate. When Abraham was told, go and sacrifice your son, the following day, he got up early in the morning and went and did what the Lord wanted him to do. And the Lord stopped him short of killing his son. But he knew that I cannot push it to another day because child of God, just like trying to wake up in the morning. Do you know that if you set your alarm and it goes on in the morning, and instead of getting up at that time, you start thinking of things. One of the things that will come to your mind is you'll convince yourself that maybe another half an hour, maybe another hour. What I do every morning when that alarm goes off, I switch it off. I get up, I don't allow for a gap to think of excuses why I cannot get up, why I should not get up. I'm saying to you, child of God, very often when you push things to tomorrow, you're allowing space for the devil as well to start convincing you otherwise. Do you hear my message? It's like the Lord speaking to you and saying, give so-and-so a thousand rands. If you start thinking about it, if you don't act immediately, something will come in, something will convince you otherwise that no 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 you heard God wrong don't give it you actually need this money be careful of waiting for a perfect moment because a perfect moment never comes number two also just a follow-on from the first one 
overanalyzing things. Overanalyzing things. When the spies came back from spying the promised land, they overanalyzed what they saw. We saw powerful men there. We saw fortified cities. These were not just small cities, these were huge cities. We saw huge men. And sometimes when you overanalyze things, you begin to imagine things that are not real. They actually said, you know, the land that went and saw, we shouldn't go there because anyone that comes there, the land devours them. Tell me, have you ever seen land that devours people? Why were there people there if the land is a land that devours them? And they went on to actually say, you know, we felt like grasshoppers. And indeed, they thought we were grasshoppers. I don't think they actually stood next to the giants and said, you know, giant, please, what do you think of me? Do you think I'm a grasshopper? No, child of God, be careful with overanalyzing things. Because when you overanalyze things, the mind has a tendency to lean towards what is negative. The mind has a tendency to lean towards and convince you that it is impossible. That is why, child of God, when God says to you, give someone something, give it them because the mind will start to convince you otherwise. When the Holy Spirit says to you, speak to this person and ask for forgiveness, the mind will begin to analyze things. What if, I'm reminded of Moses, when God spoke to Moses and said to Moses, Moses, go and release the people, go and speak to Pharaoh to release the people. Moses started analyzing things, started over-analyzing things. Who am I? When I go there, who will I say sent me? What is his name? When they ask me, what is your name? What if I then tell them and they don't believe me? Over-analyzing things. Oh, by the way, I'm not an eloquent person. What if I get there and I run out of speech in front of Pharaoh? That would be embarrassment. But Lord, just find someone else. Is there no one else that you can find besides me? Child of God, don't overanalyze things which could cause a delay in what God has promised you, which could cause you not to receive the promise that God has given you. The Israelites overanalyzed, they relied on the 10 spies. These people are powerful, we saw them. These people are huge. The cities are fortified. These cities are huge. The land devours. We look like grasshoppers, and so they thought we were grasshoppers. Right at the edge of walking into their promise. Don't overanalyze things, child of God. Naaman almost never got his healing because he overanalyzed things. When I get there, I expect the prophet to come and welcome me. I'm a senior commander in the Syrian army. So I'm expecting that when I get there, the prophet will come and speak to me. I'm expecting the prophet will lay his hands. And then when the prophet he doesn't even come, he sends a servant to speak to me, to tell him, go and dip yourself in the river Jordan. And then he starts to analyze, this is a dirty river. Why seven times? Why? Why this? Why that? Don't over analyze things child of God and prevent the blessing of God 
coming your way. There's a thing that we call analysis paralysis, where we overthink things, where as a result of overanalyzing, overthinking things, decisions are hamstrung. There is no movement. People are paralyzed because they are spending so much time thinking. There are people that are sitting with business plans that they've had for five years and every year they are overanalyzing it. What if this? What if that? What if that? What if this? And as a result, they say, not today, but tomorrow. Not today. I'm not ready for it, but tomorrow. I'm saying to you, child of God, don't overanalyze things and prevent yourself from walking in the path, from walking in the ways that God has prepared for you child of God. Do you hear me? I said, number one, there is no perfect time. Number two, don't overanalyze things. Analysis paralysis. Analysis paralysis. You know, the Bible warns us in Proverbs 3 verse 5 and tells us not to lean on our understanding. When I'm overanalyzing things, I am leaning on my understanding. Don't lean on your understanding. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 5, the verse after the one that we read, about waiting for the right moment. The Bible says there, as you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child, so you do not know the works of God who makes everything. Glory to you, God. Father, we lift up your name that, Father, your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Father, your ways are higher than our ways, my God. We should never overanalyze an instruction, something that you've stayed in our heart, because, Father, we would never understand you. That is why Solomon encourages us not to rely on our understanding. We do not know, Father, how the bones in a child grow when the child is in the womb. Therefore, how can we begin to know your things, my God? We do not know how the wind moves, where the wind comes from, but Father, we ought to be trusting in you. Another version says, you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. So child of God, when God says, go into the promised land, who are you to analyze? how it's going to happen. When God says to you, start up a business, who are you to analyze how it's going to unfold? When God says to you, start Graceway Church Ministry, who are you to analyze how it's going to unfold? When God says, approach your spouse and ask for forgiveness, start mending your relationship with your spouse, who are you to analyze what if she says no? What if this happens? What if that happens? Maybe tomorrow I will wait for the right moment. Child of God, now is the better time. Child of God, now is the better time than tomorrow. Glory to Jesus. We must be like Mary. When Mary had from the angel that the Holy Spirit will 
come over her and the power of the spirit will overshadow her all she said is i don't need to understand i don't need to analyze how this is going to happen but because you've said it at your word may it be so and that was it child of god god will supply all your needs according to his glorious riches that are found in christ don't analyze don't over analyze how it's going to happen just trust in jesus the third point the reason why people procrastinate or push it till tomorrow is because they are trusting in themselves and not god they are trusting in their own abilities they are trusting in their resources i'm speaking to someone stop trusting in your resources but trust in the resource provider trust in the giver of the abilities not in your abilities child of god glory to jesus reflecting on the feedback that the 10 spies gave on their return if you read in the book of numbers numbers 13 verse 30 to about 33 every time they spoke it was about them there is no mention of God anywhere there. Verse 31. They said, we cannot. We cannot go up against them. They are stronger than we. No mention of God. They are stronger than we. Forgetting that there is a God who's stronger who's mightier than anything is created he's the one that said they must go into the promised land but what did they do they look at themselves and say we cannot they are stronger than we we cannot we should not maybe another time let's go and build a stronger army before we come back child of god refuse to trust in yourself but trust in the lord verse 33 they say all the people we saw were huge all the people we saw they don't realize that the one that made the promise saw the people before they saw them the one that made the promise knew that there were giants but he made the promise because he never releases his word and his word comes back empty his word always fulfills what the lord wants done so here they are looking at themselves saying all the people we saw we saw not god saw verse 33 next to them we felt like grasshoppers not god but we child of god these people these 10 spies convinced everyone else to trust in their abilities and not trust in God child of God I'm saying to you start having a mentality like Caleb and Joshua who said let us go at once let us go at once because they understood when Moses reminded them in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 21 where Moses says to the whole of Israel look the Lord your God has set the land before you God has set the land before you go up and possess it 
as the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you. Do not fear or be discouraged. He sees the land. He says, look at the land. This land has been given to you. The God of promises, the God of your forefathers has said it is yours. He's delivering it to you. Go up there and possess it. But what do they do? They don't trust in the promise of God. They trust in their abilities. We cannot. Child of God, I'm saying to you, there are many things that God wants to do through you. But it's just waiting for you to take the step now and not wait for tomorrow and not push the can further. Don't boast about tomorrow. That is why in the book of Ephesians, the Bible says, don't ever sleep with anger. Don't push it till tomorrow. Try and resolve it on the day. Try and resolve it then. Glory to Jesus. God says in Numbers 14, verse 11, this is for me and it is for you, child of God. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me? With all the signs which I have performed among them. Child of God, there are many things that God has put you through. There are many things that God has helped you through. Why do you keep procrastinating what God has either laid in your heart to do? Because child of God, let me just say to you, whenever God asks you to do something, whenever God lays something in your heart, it is bigger than what you can do in your own ability. He does that because he's the God of the impossible. He does that so that him and only him can be glorified. He does that so that he may take the glory. That is why he even said to Gideon, Gideon, you've got 32,000 soldiers. They are too many to attack a 135,000 strong army. Reduce them as much as you can. And when Gideon had reduced them to 300, God said, now we're good to go. We're good to go because I don't want them boasting about themselves in the victory. I want them to look to me. So child of God, whatever God has laid in your heart, it is not for you to boast. It's not going to be about your own abilities. It's not going to happen through your own resources. God, the God of the impossible, is going to do it, child of God. Start believing because he's done it before. That's why he says to the Israelites, why don't they believe? Because I parted the Red Sea. They saw 10th place. They saw water come out of rock. But as giants to them. Child of God, 
I'm saying to you, better now, better today, than leave it for tomorrow. Because child of God, I go back to the people of Judah, who for over 10 years were saying, now is not the right time. Now is not the right time. The devil loves that. So even when we make an altar call and someone says, now is not the right time, the devil rejoices. In the book of Acts, Acts 24, a governor, Felix, is charging over a matter on Paul that false allegations have been made against Paul. And Paul is called and he starts telling Felix about the grace of God. He starts speaking about the way. He starts speaking about Jesus. He starts speaking about righteousness. He starts speaking about judgment day. And Felix is anger. Felix fears and Felix says, no, 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 no. Let us stop there. Let us stop there. Let's have this conversation. Another day, another day that is conducive, another day that is appropriate, another day that is perfect, but not today. Stop there. Felix could have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior on the day as a governor, but he pushed the can. Not today. Let's wait for a day that is convenient, a day that is appropriate. Child of God, the Israelites did not believe God, did not trust in God. For how long will they not believe me? I'm back at you. How long will you not believe God? I'm talking to myself, I'm talking to you. How long Will you not believe God? Jesus says, how can you say if you can? Because all things, everything is possible to him that believes. Not believing in your abilities, but believing in Christ who strengthens you. Believing in Christ through whom we have victory, not in your own abilities. Glory to Jesus. That is why also in the book of Psalm, Psalm 147, verse 10 to 11, speaking about God, His pleasure is not in the strength of horses, nor His delight in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him and who put their hope in his unfailing love. Child of God, God's love is unfailing. The reason why people say not today but tomorrow, it is because they are trusting in themselves. They are trusting in the strength of the horses. They are trusting in the strength of their legs. But God is not pleased by that. 
God delights, God finds pleasure in those who fear him. God delights, he finds pleasure in those who have hope on him to say, Lord, I know I'm stepping in now. I know that everything is in your hands. In you, I am trusting, Lord. I'm not pushing it for tomorrow, but I'm doing it now, Lord, because tomorrow I should not boast about. All I have is today. This is the day that the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and I shall be glad in it. I shall make the best use of it and not push things to tomorrow. If I push things to tomorrow, I start to overload tomorrow. Tomorrow becomes today and I push it to tomorrow and tomorrow becomes today. A year later, next year becomes the current year and five years later, I'm sitting in the current year of five years later and saying nothing has happened. Trust in the Lord, child of God. Are you hearing me? Glory to Jesus. Trust in the Lord. Ah, the Bible is so full of God's power. The Bible is so full of God's wonders. There's a time in the book of Numbers where the Israelites left Egypt are now craving for meat. And in Numbers, Numbers chapter 11, verse 21 to 23, the Bible says, but Moses responded to the Lord. So the Lord has promised that he will provide meat for them. And Moses responds to the Lord. There are 600 foot soldiers here with me. And yet you say, I will give them meat for a whole month. Even if we butchered all the flocks and heads, would that satisfy them? Even if we caught all the fish in the sea, would that be enough? Verse 23, then the Lord said to Moses, has my hand lost its power? Glory to you, God. Father, we lift up your name that despite whatever we may be going through, my God, despite COVID, despite loss of jobs, despite people dying, my God, despite all of that, your arm has not lost its power. Lord, your arm has not lost its power. I'm speaking to someone there, child of God. God's hand has not lost its power. In the book of Isaiah, he says, Has my hand been shortened that it cannot save? Has my ear been made deaf that it cannot hear? Child of God, whatever you may be going through, just believe, believe that God's hand has not lost its power. Whatever dreams you had, take those dreams back to God and say, Father, you are the resurrection. Jesus, you are the resurrection. The Lord's hand has not lost its power. He then says, now you will see whether or not my word comes true. Now 
you will see whether or not my word comes true. God's word always comes true. I always lift up my iPad and I say the word of God is in here because I've got the electronic Bible. His word that is here will never fail. His word that is here will never return empty, child of God. That is why David could say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Then he closes and says, my cup overflows and surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. As I draw to a close, I just want to say to you, child of God, there are many things that God has released for you. The Bible says, long before the foundations of the earth, He prepared works for us to walk in. Stop pushing the can to tomorrow. Stop pushing the task to tomorrow. Stop pushing. Stop pushing it to next year. Stop pushing to next week. Take the first step now. These are paths, these are works that have been prepared for you. Don't find yourself later regretting why you never took that step because Life has passed on while you were hesitating, while you were saying tomorrow is a better day, while you were saying I am not ready, while you were looking at your own resources, while you were saying let me analyze this, is it really true? Don't let that. Glory to Jesus. In the book of Haggai, the chapter we opened with, verse 8 of it, the amplified version says, this is the Lord speaking. Go up to the hill country, bring lumber and rebuild my house that I may be pleased with it and be glorified, says the Lord, accepting it as done for my glory. Child of God, God is waiting to say, I am pleased with what you've done. God is waiting to be glorified with what you've done. Don't push it till tomorrow. There are things that God has laid in your heart that are only for you. Mordecai said to Esther, Esther, maybe you don't understand. You are here for such a time as this one. Don't procrastinate. Don't push this feather and Esther, picked up and she said go and tell the people to fast I will go and fast and pray then approach the king if I die I die because she knew she was there for a purpose she knew that she was there for a purpose and the purpose was now she couldn't defer it any longer if I die I die I cannot wait for another 30 days to be called by the king if I die now I die so that God may be pleased in it. So that God 
may he be glorified. Don't let procrastination prevent you from attaining, from receiving what God has long released for you. In the book of Joshua, Joshua 18, verse 1 to 3, this is a time when they have now conquered the promised land. Pieces of land is being allocated to the tribes. And Joshua calls the whole assembly. In verse 1 to 3, the Bible says, The whole assembly of the Israelites gathered at Shiloh and set up the tent of meeting there. The country was brought under their control. In other words, the entire country, they've conquered the promised land. It is now under their control. Verse 2 says, but there were still seven Israelite tribes who had not yet received their inheritance. So Joshua said to the Israelites, how long will you wait before you begin to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors has given you? How long will you wait? How long will you procrastinate? How long will you push it till tomorrow? I'm saying to you, child of God, the promised land has been conquered. You just need to go in there, possess it, take possession of it. How long are you going to wait? How long are you going to push it? Better now than tomorrow. Glory to Jesus. Father, we thank you for your message today. We thank you for your word. My God, my Redeemer, we give all the glory, we give all the honor. May you always be lifted up, my God. May you always be glorified in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Let me take the opportunity to invite someone who has not made Jesus their Lord and Savior. Jesus loved you so much that he came and died for your sins and my sins so that we may never have to die again. Although we may die, but we live because when you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, that spirit man that died when Adam fell comes alive, you become a new creation and you receive eternal life. I want to extend this to you. It's very simple. You just need to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus that you sent him to come and die for my sins. Jesus, I confess my sins today. I ask that you become Lord and Savior of my life. I know that you are the way to the Father. I believe that you died for me, that you rose on the third day, and today you are seated with the Father. And from today, you will be interceding for me as a co-heir to the throne. I am a new creation. I receive you in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you've said this prayer, we are rejoicing with you. The heavens are rejoicing, and we just want to thank God for you. May you 
Texas on this number that's appearing on the bottom so that we may begin this journey with you. You've made the right decision. You are now a child of God. You are a new creation. The old is dead and you can walk this journey with confidence. You can come into the throne of grace and receive mercy and obtain grace for when you need it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.